With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Full of frustration. Full of despair. From years of hurt. Disappointment and relegation. Two British football fans have had enough. Canary Bird Elliot Holman and Wanderer Henry Hewitt are in search of glory, pride, passion, in search of silverware. And they found Major League Soccer. Oh, what are you signing Nanny for? Need need to spend your money on depth so you can compete in the Champions League like us. Old man. This <laughs> is the MLS UK show. Oh, compete in the Champions League. Oh, stop it. How are we doing? Season 2, episode 4 of the MLS UK show. I'm Elliot Holman. And I'm Henry Hewitt. Let's do it. Loads to talk about. The obvious. Big, big transfer. Um, but also, a Cascadia special. Yes, and unfortunately for me, we're going to have to talk about some Champions League thing. Uh, Oh, compete in the Champions... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, compete, lols. Um, Also, the changing name game thing that always happens. Uh, Let's just just, talk about Nanny! Nanny! Fucking hell. Nanny! Backflip, double backflip. They make one signing. Um, it's unbearable. Nanny! Elliot Holman, Henry Hewitt, MLS UK show. Go on, let's have it. Come on. No, I think you're, Come rep- on. you're representing Orlando's social media pretty well there. Because uh, <laughs> on uh, when did they sign him? Wednesday, Tuesday? Yeah. I went on Orlando's Instagram. Last seven posts were just Nanny. I mean, let's face it, Nanny's not the most attractive man in the world, is he? So, it's come on. Um... Uh, MLS MLS Soccer's official podcast uh, described him as a Michael Jackson lookalike. <laughs> That's a good shout. That's a good shout, actually. Don't encourage him. Come on, let's have it. Get out of the way now. Well, I'm not... To be honest, this came at the perfect time for me because it's distracting from the fact that 
Uh, Norwich beat Bolton last week and Atlanta have lost in the Champions League. So, yeah, let's talk about Nani all you want. <laughs> um, we, should, we should discuss the, uh, the Bolton-Norwich game just a little bit. Nah. Um, I, I made the trip. I came to, came to the University of Bolton Stadium to, yeah. watch, uh, to watch Bolton take on Norwich. When I say take on, uh, more sort of lie there and take it, I think. Was... Yeah. Well, we had a nice day, didn't we? That You came with your, your fiancé, I came with my girlfriend, my dad was there as well, and Bolton... Uh, as we would say, crap. <laughs> Norwich are the to- the polar opposite, so it was hardly a surprise. Uh, the one thing that I really... More than Norwich beating Bolton, because I expected that. However, in the morning, I always ask my girlfriend, I say, what do you think the score will be today? <laughs> and uh, she has an annoying knack of getting the right result. Did I, she say I, 4-0 Norwich? She said, oh, it'd be 4-0 Norwich. We looked, 28-1. <laughs> I... If I'd have put a fiver on that, I'd have won over 100 quid. And I thought, um, nah, it's 28 to 1. And she kind of talked me out of it as well. Um, what score did it end up? 4-0, mate. Yeah. Uh, it could right. have been 5, though. We missed a penalty. We've missed 6 of our 7 penalties this season, and we're still top of the league. Like, just let me enjoy that, because that doesn't. this doesn't happen to Norwich. The no. whole reason we started this podcast is because both our teams are awful. Like, as if we're top of the league, this is ridiculous. Went to Bolton. We were good. Give yeah. it, we were good. Everyone said, oh, it's only Bolton. They were, like, nearly bottom of the league. We were good, though. Yeah, um, and I think it epitomises how good you were, the fact that our goalkeeper, despite the fact he conceded four goals, <laughs> was our man of the match. <laughs> and, and who did you sign him from? Norwich. Brilliant. He was your third choice keeper. Uh, but <laughs> in, even in the Championship uh, Team of the Week, our goalkeeper was in that. <laughs> so yeah. there must have been some... I mean, I know Norwich's goalkeeper didn't have to do much, but um, he would get the average, what, 7 out of 10. But uh, yeah, so let's move on from that. Let's talk about more positive things. Okay, like the Champions League? Oh. No. We will talk about that, but later. We're going to have to face it sooner or later. Later on. We've got a a big show today. We've got lots to pack in. Um, We've got the Champions League. Also, we've got loads of callers, uh, our designated Designated phoners. Love that. Um, And phoners, as you call them. On our social media this week, because it was the Brit Awards in UK music, we did the MLS UK show, Brits Awards, celebrating uh, UK stars in MLS. Mm. Now, most of them, the most of the winners, you could probably guess, were going to happen. Yeah. Uh, However, I let you, I let you sort of lead this on the socials, and uh, I went on the next morning and just saw that we'd given an award to someone, and I was actually outraged. Actually outraged. Yeah. So we'll be talking about that a little later. It on. It was but... voted for by the people. I'm not impressed. Yeah. Uh, so it's not our fault. Um, but first, it's been the big news story of the week in MLS. What um, is it? What is it? I'm going to give you a moment. Nanny! Orlando City signed former Manchester United midfielder Nanny. And it's safe to say you're a little excited about this one. I am excited. And do you know what? Right. We'll dig, we'll dig into this in just a bit. But on the surface of it, of course I'm excited. Forget any other player in the league. Forget any other team. Orlando City are dreadful. <laughs> Orlando City are a bad team. Nanny is a good player. A good player goes to a bad team. It can only be a good thing. It's impossible to look at this as anything other than a good thing. It's what we need. It's spurred the supporters on. It's drummed a bit of belief into them. This is. There's nothing wrong with this signing. On this, I don't understand what's going on here. Yeah. Well, as unbearable as you've all been, and and of course I get to see a lot of what Orlando City fans do because it's through you on Twitter. <laughs> And you have been unbearable. This is from the rest of the league. 
And this is coming from an Atlanta Just fan. Just let us have our moment before we finish bottom again. This is coming from an Atlanta fan. You have been unbearable. And that's not because of the beef. I just understand that Atlanta are the same in, at times. Yeah. But we're going to... So, in the previews to the season, we've been getting fans on to talk about um, their team and, and whatnot. And we're going to do a Cascadia special today. But first, we were thinking when to get Orlando on, because you've not really done much, I wasn't going to do it. We mm. haven't done enough for it to have anything to talk about. But then uh, along comes a nanny. Yeah. So, uh, we, we've we allowed Elliot to have one of his fellow Orlando City UK fans on. And here he is. Harry, welcome to MLS UK show. How are you doing? I'm not too bad, you guys. <laughs> the look that Henry just gave me then, he's like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm good. I'm always good when it talks to about MLS because my team are reigning champs. But if I wish we were doing this phone call like a week ago because the <laughs> it's just you guys... Watching on Twitter, you guys are making me sick at the moment. <laughs> um, do, do you know what? I'll be honest with you. We weren't going to do. Um, obviously, we're, we're trying to trying to get everybody on. We're trying to feature every team over the next month or so as as the season um, gets underway. We weren't going to go for Orlando really before the season because there's nothing really to talk mm. about. And I said, oh, we always talk about Orlando. We we won't do it. And then um, all of a sudden, we seem to seem to have changed our mind for some reason. Um, Harry, first of all. Let's just let's just draw a line under last season. Until a couple of days ago, how were you feeling about the uh, the 2019 season? How optimistic were you? If we won one game, it would have exceeded my expectations. <laughs> I'll be 100 percent honest. It w- everything just didn't seem right. I remember when I was on the podcast just after Jock was appointed, I thought we won't get the playoffs when he came in. Uh, just let him settle himself down, work with the players which he has been given, and hopefully in the off season he'll bring in his players that he wants to bring in. He has done so, and I'll be honest, until the uh, announcement the other day, none of them have inspired me to really go. Oh, we're going to push for the playoffs this year. Um, obviously, we'll talk about the new signing, how that's put a little bit more optimis- optimism. Uh, into my belief of this season if there is any <laughs> yeah I should explain I mean we, we're in a group chat uh, all of the Orlando City UK members and I mean we we can laugh at ourselves can't we we, we, we kind of uh, we take it in good spirits like we, we are a joke we're horrendous that's fine we're okay <laughs> with that uh, but when anyone else says it we're like hey wait a minute <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's just like having a, a younger brother or sister which we can t- we can take the mickey out of them all the time but if anybody does it outside of the family um to us we go hang on stop it stop yeah. taking the mickey out of them <laughs> yeah I, I weighed in with my uh, non-existent muscles um let's just let's just go through some of the some of the business that um that we got done before the other day um so we're talking uh ruan which i know i know nothing about neither <laughs> uh yeah uh, sebastian mendez that's just I've... shrug of the shoulders for me I would say Sebastian Mendes is the only signing before Nanny, which gave me a little bit of optimism for the future. Tell me seeing why. Some of the, I've seen some of the videos of him on the ball, really attacking defenders, having that extra bit of pace. Shows that we needed that in that midfield, especially using uh, losing Yoshiotu, who was the main man in that midfield. Losing him to, uh, to Liga MX was massive. and Another reason why my optimism completely evaporated. <laughs> um, obviously, I don't think he'll be the star... This season, I think he'll need a season just to adapt in to MLS. Uh, but I think he's the only real signing before the big nanny one, which 
gave me any optimism at all. Um, mine, surprisingly, not not necessarily based on talent, was uh, Santiago Patino, uh, just because I like that he won. He he's he's been there. He's he's watched mm. Orlando at the stadium. He's been there as a fan. Uh, he's you know. Um, unashamedly grown up in, in Florida. He wanted to come and play for the club. The club wanted him. Uh, they had to do it in the draft, um, unfortunately, which felt like a bit of a waste of a pick. But uh, mm. I, I really like that kind of um, almost homegrown kind of passion that, that he's got. I think we need a lot more of that. And there was a lot of that missing last season when it came down to it, when we needed to roll our sleeves up and really go for it. There was I, I think, there was no one there. I, I think I can turn, well, turn what you just said and put it on its head saying that we've, picked up a, a player from the draft pick who's not coming from one side of the country to the other which moving from one side of Britain to the other can be a big uh, move for, mm. for British people when it comes to American players or players who base themselves in America moving from one side to another is, com- is a completely different culture completely different environment um, and having a player who's been in Florida understood the way of Orlando City it's the, to me it's the perfect draft pick for us because he understands what the club is about and we don't need to introduce him into it all and help and he understands what's going on. Yeah. Um other draft picks, Kamal Miller, Tommy Madden, uh we signed Benji, we signed Kyle Smith, Shane O'Neill. Uh Tesho was was another one that I was kind of thinking, okay, this could work. Not really happened for him at FC Dallas. The stats not been brilliant, but mm-hmm. Tesho Akindeli was was one that you know, for literally like a hundred hundred thousand pounds, you you take a punt on, but but we were kind of just thinking, mm, this is this is still very very unproven until the arrival of Nanny. Now, talk me through yesterday, Harry. How how were you feeling when you saw this news? I well, it's been bubbling up for what, a week, two weeks now that he was heavily linked with the move to MLS and saying. Oh, we'll probably go. Do not go anywhere near Orlando? What What does Orlando really have to offer him? The, the squad of players who you mentioned, Tesho Akindeli. There, if I was Dom Dwyer, I'll be kind of going. I've got my first team spot guaranteed every week, even if I don't score goals, which didn't seem as an inspiring signing. Um, seeing the news gather a little bit more momentum that there was talks of Nani coming to Orlando, and you're going, okay, if we get a big market player into this side which is a bit I feel it's very similar to DC United were this time last year you look to that squad apart, probably apart from Lucio Costa you would look at them going if, if they don't finish bottom of the table it'll be a good season for them especially the season they had beforehand then they brought in Wayne Rooney and a massive impact that he's putting in there you bring in Nanny hopefully he'll have that Rooney impact where he will inspire these players to really perform play at their best which I think Chris Muir definitely will do this season. Hopefully, Josway Coleman will hopefully come out of his shell this year. And hopefully, that he can bring that sort of Wayne Rooney effect in. I, I want to bring Henry in because um, before we get really, really carried away, um, I, I, I kind of want to make a point in a little bit. But uh, first, let's just get a, an outsider's point of view. Admittedly, an Atlanta fan who, let's be honest, they've all jumped on the bandwagon here and <laughs> stuck the boot in. But stepping away from. Mercedes-Benz Stadium for just a second as a neutral right as an MLS fan where do you stand on Nani joining Orlando City SC um well I mean Nani I think can be one of the best players in the league and that's that's me being honest with it based on what he has done in the past and yeah 
especially from here in the UK, we've not really seen that much of Nani since he left Man United. I mean, they played uh, they played Arsenal last year in the Europa League, did Sporting Lisbon, and you kind of watched it and you went, oh, Nani, remember him? So, uh, you know, but I think of the quality he showed at Man United, which I do think went sort of uh, unseen a bit because he was sort of seen as the next Ronaldo and... Then you know you we might not see the next round and Ronaldo for another fifty years, so I think he is a top top player if he's still got the pace, which um I don't know whether it's on YouTube, but I remember last year when he played at arsenal he, he the pace was there he he got past the uh, the right back it might have been Bellerin uh, really easily at one point, and I think in MLS he can be the perfect player uh whether he can have as much of an impact on the game as say Wayne Rooney because he's not in the middle as much. We'll have to wait and see because you can be the best winger in the world, but if Dom Dreyer isn't getting on the end of them crosses, then you're going to have to do it all yourself from one side of the pitch. So I'm impressed, I must admit. Um, I think it's exactly what Orlando need. It's going to inject a bit of enthusiasm. But, you know, for every Kaka and every David Villa... We've had a Steven Gerrard, so we'll have to wait and see what he does. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Um, just looking, at, there's been, Harry, I want to talk to you a little bit about the the reaction in just a bit, but just, just to kind of break down his stats before we do that. Um, currently this season, for um, it, like in, in the Portuguese league for sporting, 18 appearances, 7 goals, 4 assists. Now, that's, that to me is is not... You know, it, we're talking about a comparable league there. I, I, for me, that's not a player who's showing any signs of slowing down. Well, you're looking at the stats there. You say that's over. He's probably involved in a goal every other game or so with those sorts of stats. And compare it to MLS, probably may not have so much of the quality of the Portuguese league. Some may say that, obviously, we'll think the other way around that the MLS is, is a better league uh, for quality-wise. Um, you look, you look at those stats, and you feel that that's the sort of player. He's got that pedigree that Orlando needed that little bit more creativity into the side. We thought it was going to come through Sasha Kleshton uh, last year, being that man who was the assist king for the last few seasons in MLS with the Red Bulls. Hopefully that Nani can turn that form, which he has shown in the Portuguese League, in Serie A, in La Liga, in Turkey, in the Premier League, and put it in to Orlando City. Because, as I said earlier, you, you, losing Yoshi Otun was massive. Again, Yatun was was our most creative player uh, last season. He created most of the goals, so hopefully Nani can fill in that void. I'm going to bring uh, going to bring Henry in here. Go on. Yeah, I just want to say that. I mean, as Orlando fans, you guys are pretty excited at the moment, and I get that. But as an Atlanta fan, I'm excited as well. I'm excited for him to get injured in the first game. Missed the whole season and you finished bottom again. Right, wait a minute. Let's go back to last week's episode where we're chatting to Atlanta fans and I'm like, I'm genuinely excited for you guys. Like, I'm, you know, I loved watching the MLS Cup final. I think they played some great stuff. I'm I'm being nice here. I know, and I'm being nice. You, You heard what I said before. It's just with my Atlanta roots... I need to say... You're Atlanta Roots. You went there once. You went to the airport. <laughs> it was a stopover. You didn't even leave the airport. Those two hours really... You got as many Atlanta Roots as 21 Savage. Those two hours really <laughs> touched me. Those two hours meant more to me than the two hours I'm spending with you today. Right. All right. <laughs> 
Sorry, Harry, we're just having a bit of a domestic. Yeah, um, um, so, uh, so <laughs> no, Harry, anyway, moving on, on. Honestly, I need to say this. Honestly, I am excited by this in terms of MLS. Like, Nani is a top player, he's a well-known player. And again, it it's, uh, brings the league to a new audience now with, with uh, Portugal and sort of a Latin sort of America. He's, he's, he's bringing that into it as well. So, Can you imagine the Spanish-speaking commentators commentating on it, what, a Nani goal? No! Yeah. So... And yeah, so on, yeah. it goes on. Nanny, it's like it's going to be, it's going to be insane. So yeah, I'm excited, no! uh, Harry. I'm excited for you. I must say, <laughs> this um, is the new get in. Uh, oh god, I can't do. I was going to say what lasts longer, your get ins or that goal. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so I am excited for you, Harry. Um, looking forward then to next season. There was a lot of holes needed filling last year with Orlando, um, yeah. which I'm sure we'll all agree with. So, is this? Can you go forward now with this, or is where else do you need to improve? Goalkeeper. Everywhere else. <laughs> Everywhere else. Uh, the main one is goalkeeper. Um, you, we brought in Greg Ranjitsing, who uh, Doc knows very well from his time at Louisville. Uh, there's also Mason Stadua, who's who's had his issues off the field, which thank, uh, thankfully he's all well and good now. He's back in training. And then there's Adam Greenwood as well. And those are three goalkeepers, which I go, they wouldn't make the bench on most MLS clubs, yet alone be the first choice goalkeeper. Uh, Brian Rowe has been doing a lot of training in the uh, friendly the other day. Still, that doesn't that doesn't go to me as a top class quality goalkeeper or a quality goalkeeper for MLS. Uh, the defence, it's still getting there, I think. It's... Even though we hold the record for the most goals conceded in one regular season, I think our defence is worse than it was last year. Look at the positives. <laughs> You've got a record. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> um, Harry, before, we, before you go, um, let's ask you the question that we've been asking everyone else. I like this. Um, with, our, with our roster now, if I put you in charge of our roster for 2019, uh, you can make one transfer, one trade within MLS... Who do you offer up and who are you after? It's got to be a fair trade. I'll let Henry judge the uh, kind of whether it's a fair trade and whether it would go ahead. Who, do, who, who are you after and what are you offering? Uh, well, the one name which I would love to ship off was Will, is Will Johnson. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. I would love to ship him off, especially the, the DC game last year was the moment where I lost it with Will. How, why? You've got an open goal. You're at the halfway line. Just shoot. If you yeah. miss, it's a draw. But no, then that Wayne Rooney moment, which I won't say any more on. Um, as I said, goalkeeper is the issue, is the big problem for me. Uh, I don't think Henry will like this uh, trade of getting the Sporting KC goalkeeper Tim Millier in uh, for Will Johnson, just because I think he's a goalkeeper. <laughs> Can you imagine someone actually agreeing to that trade? We'd have to give, like, to get rid of Will Johnson, we'd have to pay everyone all our gam and all our tam as well, I think. <laughs> But yeah, okay. Well, I, I would happily, uh, I would happily take Tim in goal because I, I do agree. I think we need a, uh, think we need a keeper. Harry, thank you very much for joining us. Before you go, go on, give us, give us your prediction. Where do Orlando City SC finish in MLS in 2019? God help us. Bottom of the table. <laughs> Seriously? Yep. Really? You I'll actually think? I think so. I think yeah. Obviously, Nanny will be, it will be a big impact. But that rest of that squad, apart from Dom. I'm not liking. I really am not. I like your style, Harry. You've got the same optimism as I have with my English uh, football team. So uh, <laughs> I like that. 
Elliot Holman, Henry Hewitt, MLS UK Show. One thing as well, like thank you to Harry for joining us, by the way. One thing that, that I just want to pick up on is uh, listening to uh, what the guys at MLSsoccer.com had to say about this nanny signing. Now, do you remember last season? This is not a, this is not a whole kind of um, look at us, look how incredible we are. But do you remember last season with the whole Rooney thing? Everyone was so sceptical about it. And I just didn't get it. Mm. And you didn't get it. And we just said, this is ridiculous. It's Wayne Rooney. He goes to DC, a bad team. One of the non-finishers, if you like, for yeah. the last few years. And he makes them be- He instantly makes them better. And uh, on the uh, Extra Time radio podcast, the, the official MLS podcast, they were saying that they kind of admitted that they got that wrong um, and that Rooney now is, is such an integral piece of, of that DC roster going forward. And I'm just like, right, so if that's true, if you're backtracking and saying, oh, actually, yeah, you you were right, Wayne Rooney is is a great sign and has been incredible. What? Why is there such a problem with with the nanny thing? Um, I I we were talking about this before, and I genuinely think that because of a whole thing with oh MLS is a retirement league, I think the official channels need to be seen as being not trying to get away from it per se, but just sort of they they can't be going. Oh, every player that comes from Europe is going to be great. They've got to have an opinion, and I think they've gone a bit too far. Mm. Personally, as I said to uh, you and Harry, I, like, yeah, he could be another Steven Gerrard. He could be another Wayne Rooney. We don't know, but he's a Champions League winner, and he's done very well in Spain, in England, in we Portugal. won everything, pretty much, apart from the World Cup. Yeah, so, you know, he's, he's, he's a top player, and I think he'll add something to the league. I'm not getting carried away, by the way. Look, I know this is one player. But, this, but, this, but sorry, at, this is you not getting carried away. No, look, in terms of... I love that he's come. I love that he's come to Orlando. I think that's huge. And I think that should be celebrated league-wide because these players still want to come to, to MLS. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm not getting carried away. This doesn't automatically make us playoff contenders. I'm not, I'm not getting carried away in that sense. I just think it's a great player coming to a bad team. What, why? There's there's no issue with that. There should never be an issue with that. Yeah. Is he uh, is he injured for the first game? What's the deal? No, he's uh, he's okay. He's all good. He's been in training. Cool. He's ready to go. Well, that's next week. Uh, NYCFC, big game. Mm. Um, this week it was the Brit Awards in UK music, and uh, just sticking on the Orlando theme slightly. <laughs> Uh, running through who won the awards, it was you. We put this out to you on Twitter and Facebook and, and Instagram. Um, so the, the categories were best current UK player in MLS, which Wayne Rooney won, best ever UK player in MLS, which David Beckham won, best goal from a UK player. This was uh, Johnny Russell against uh, LA Galaxy last season, outstanding achievement from a UK player, BWP scoring 100 goals. But then we did best ever UK coaching staff member. Yeah, now, I'm, I'm out here. I'm out for, at this point. You People have let me down here. I, I put this in because I thought, well, let's see what people are saying. It's easy to say, oh, best ever Beckham, best now Rooney and whatever. But let's see what people think about the coaching because we've had a few coaches. Hmm. Owen Coyle, to name one. Um, <laughs> but uh, Adrian Heath won this one. And um, you and many other Orlando fans were... Uh, well, you couldn't understand that one. Well, look, there's a lot of Orlando fans that love Adrian Heath, and I get that. Uh, going back to the USL days, mm. um, Orlando were, were very good side, believe it or not. Uh, actually, won stuff. It's incredible to th- incredible to think about. What a, what a thought. Um, but I'm sorry, it didn't it didn't work. It was that USL standard in MLS, and you know, same with same with Minnesota. Yes, he's not had a fortune to spend, but 
yeah, you know, just 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 hasn't worked for me. So I was a bit disappointed with with that. Yeah, well, there's a few Vancouver fans disappointed that um, Carl, Carl Robinson, yeah, Carl yeah. Robinson didn't get it. Uh, Ex Norwich so. player, I vote for Carl. Yeah, uh, well, funnily enough, uh, I'll be chatting a bit about Carl Robinson to uh, Nick from the That's So MLS podcast, which is Vancouver Whitecaps podcast. That's a little later on. Do you know what we've forgotten to do? I, I realised I got carried away with a nanny. Yeah, Golazzo. Just in that chat. You've got that excited that we forgot to do. What's it called this week? No, you do it because you always forget. The name with the no, changing player game. The game with the changing name. Oh, one day I'll you get got it right. its name because you do that every single week. You know, if we was to release merch, we couldn't do it for that because we'd have to release like a million different yeah. t-shirts with it on. That's a good idea, though. No, no, no t-shirt is the same. Right, so go on. Now Orlando chat has finished. <laughs> Who's the player this week? They've not played for Orlando, I'll give you that. So Thank it's all fine. for that. Um, okay, this player started their career at Wimbledon in 2002. Okay. Um, they then... Can we do the thing where we exclude a couple of teams? Because I just think it might be too obvious. Yeah. Okay. Um, they've also played for Bolton Wanderers. Okay. So keep quiet because you will get this one. Ipswich Town... 44 appearances for Vancouver Whitecaps. 31 appearances for Montreal Impact. And then controversially, having started at Wimbledon, went and played for Milton Keynes Dons. Oh, I know it is, but ooh. Mm. Um, so if you've, if you've got any... I like that I made it made it more difficult last week and no one, no one got it as far as I'm aware. No. I did, did you see any? Uh, no, I didn't. No. Actually. So, uh, yeah. If you if you have got it, tweet us because you might be the only one. Okay, at MLS UK Show. Yes, remember we changed it. This has come back to. I'll give another clue. This has come back to a UK player because mm. we did open it up for any player that's played in MLS or the UK. Yeah. Last season was just UK born players that have played in MLS. This guy was born in London. Mm. Uh, right, Cascadia special. Let's move on from Orlando. They're not in <laughs> Cascadia. No one cares about Orlando. Well, a few people do. Nanny does. Um, so this week we're going to be chatting to fans of the Cascadia clubs, kicking off with Seattle Sounders. Mm. Uh, last year was interesting. It was a, a season of two halves, let's say. Uh, so earlier this week, we caught up with Gregor. He's from the Full 90 Extra Time podcast, a Seattle Sounders podcast. Hi, Gregor. How are you? I'm quite well. Thanks so much for having me on. You're very welcome. Um, just to just to let everybody into a secret, um, I am currently uh, on air on the radio, cross uh, uh, kind of light live right now, and so are you, Gregor. <laughs> That's correct. I host a, a radio program in Seattle, Washington, as well as a podcast about the Seattle Sounders called Full Ninety Extra Time. Well, you're, you're very welcome along, and thank you for doing exactly what I've done and recording the show and uh, and doing this as well because it's more fun. <laughs> I do not know what you're talking about, especially if my boss is listening. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, right, where do we start? Not not been a not been a massive kind of closed season with with Seattle, has it? In terms of uh, ins and outs. Oh, man, it's uh, it's been a frustrating couple of years with um, with with the Sounders starting so slowly every time, and it seems like exactly the same this year. Um, but that's okay. It's uh, we're in the very early stages of preseason. The team lineup is very similar to last year, so that's something to like hang our hats on a little bit. There's some hope that a squad of guys that have played together before. 
Um, well, what I want to bring in is one person that he, he must feel like a new signing. You've got Jordan Morris back after missing <laughs> the whole of last season. Are you excited to see him back? And what can he bring to the team that we didn't see last year? Uh, he's uh, from a, a pretty close neighborhood to where we're at right now, right across the water from the actual stadium, which is pretty cool. Um, here's the thing for me with Jordan is, of course, it's great to see him. He's a hometown kid. He's playing with his with his club that he went to matches when he was young. That's awesome. He had a really dy- uh, dynamite first season. And then the second season, he just couldn't make anything happen. Three goals, not great. So to have a year off or the, and rebuild his knee and get some time to maybe get his, uh, I don't know if it's to say his head right or what, but to be able to be a year out of the spotlight, I think it's going to be really great for him. Uh, he came back last night in a friendly against uh, Club Nacional from uh, Uruguay, and he um, he looked quick, and he uh, his touch was good, and everything seemed to be firing right. So very exciting for a team that hasn't been able to score at all in the preseason to have some more weapons. Pretty cool. Uh, just a quick one on that friendly that you just said. Um, you're playing mm. that Uruguayan team. Is that because you're missing CCL football? Or uh... <laughs> first of all, how dare you? Um, secondly, uh, yeah, they 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 try and set up something like this. Uh, those last couple seasons where we're trying to get some competition that we're maybe not familiar with, but uh, that's that's fine and all. It was the first big match at home. The stadium was half full. These are typical things. The squad was mainly um, uh, unfamiliars or substitution, you know, subs. And with a few of the, a lot of the big name guys didn't even make the starting 18. So it's, um, it's a, you know, we don't put too much into this. We would have liked to see a good performance from the B squad, but that's fine. It's fine. And uh, Orlando City fan over here. Can someone explain this CCL thing? What's this all about? (laughs) <laughs> it's uh it's like a much more confusing version of the Champions League <laughs> that you have in Europe. So it's a uh, it's very hard because the because MLS plays the opposite season and from everyone else and so it's very challenging to figure out where it's starting and where everybody is. It's it's quite a headache. Yeah, Orlando will never have to worry about that. Um let's uh, <laughs> let's talk uh kind of about these long-term deals. We've mentioned Jordan Morris, uh, Christian Roldan as well signed up. How important, how integral is is that going to be sort of going forward and, and building another roster that can go and win an MLS Cup? Um, I think it's important, as you say. Um, the Okay, for me, we lost Osvaldo Alonso, who was just this unstoppable central midfield defense. It was like a guy like that is, to me, invaluable. So uh, a little bit of bitterness as a fan seeing that guy go to a rival. That's, that sucks. Uh, Roldan is going to be the guy that steps up and fills that role really well. And he's young, as you say. And we look to the future of trying to rebuild to go to MLS Cup again. We weren't that far off last season um, after two consecutive trips there. I think that really, though, even though Roldan is a young guy and Morris is a young guy, we're still looking at this academy squad, this Danny uh, Leva that's 15 years old playing for um, kind of like our minor league team, the Tacoma Defiance, uh, down south about 45 minutes. Um, this is a 15-year-old who got some minutes last night, and he's, he'll be first team if he keeps it up. And when it comes to the start of the season, how optimistic are you? Because, you know, I don't want to dwell on last season. It, it wasn't great at the start. And then you really, really managed <laughs> to pick it up. If you if you do hit the ground running, what's a realistic target for this season? There's no reason why Seattle can't make it 11 consecutive years in the playoffs. Um, there's, there's nothing to say that that won't happen because this squad gets real good during the summer. Um, 
I don't like to make many predictions at the beginning of the season because the last two have been miserable at the beginning. And so to work into the, the advantage this year is that the team's a little healthier and so we could start strong. But really things that that, that switches come on in July, kind of after the, um, the all-star break that we have here, the team has come back and really fired. Uh, some big spending last year on Raul Rui Diaz certainly helped because he generated a ton of goals and stuff. But I, I don't know. Uh, I don't, with three losses in Tucson and a loss last night, I'm not super excited going in because more importantly there was no goals that were really scored just a couple in four matches is not something that we're really um that we should be very proud of um if you were in charge of uh, the sounders right now and you were kind of in the front office and you could make a few moves we've been asking everybody this and it's really interesting um who in mls would you trade for and what would you offer up in uh, in exchange well, that's really tough because I, I like the squad a ton right now. The only question marks for me continue to be on the kind of wingers. Like, um, uh, we got Brad Smith last year. I just got to see a glimpse of what he can do after losing Jovan Jones from the year before, who was so fantastic. Um, I, I guess I'm just going to dance around this because I like the squad tremendously. I think that. Maybe in depth is the only place that you have to worry about, but like in the striker position, Will Bruin can turn it on and he doesn't seem to get discouraged too, too easily. I guess, I guess there's just the playmaker in the midfield. If, if Lodero were to get hurt, I don't know who you would put in there to do something exciting. I, so yeah, I don't know. I, I guess my, uh, I guess my weak point here is that I don't follow the league well enough to be able to, to get excited about other teams and their players as much as I just follow Seattle. So it's tough. That's a tough question for me to answer. Okay, well, based on the fact that you, uh, you've you just admitted there that you don't follow the league well enough, where is Seattle going to finish this season? Because it should be first, right? <laughs> for me, they're one out of one. Yeah, t- top of the table. Uh, I think that, the again, an 11th straight season of playoffs is expected. If they don't do that, then there's going to be that. That'll be really tough for a stadium full of people that are uh, that have been there the entire time watching a squad make it like that. I don't think it's unrealistic for Seattle to go back to NLS Cup. I think there's going to be significant challenge. You know, you, here's a guy you want Josef Martinez on your team, obviously from <laughs> from Atlanta. <laughs> that, that that wouldn't be bad. But um, I think that. The East is going to be really strong again with teams like Red Bulls and and Atlanta um, Atlanta being challenging for the end of the season. But I there's no reason why Seattle can't make it to the playoffs and can't move on to the MLS Cup again. I guess LAFC is a team you got to really watch. It used to always be LA Galaxy for us, but uh, now the LAFC's really got a lot of shine to them. So uh, it'll be interesting. I, I yeah, I think that there's no reason why Seattle can't at least make the playoffs if they don't there'll be some i think some heads will roll i'm kind of thinking that your your punt for joseph martinez might might cost you a little bit of of money that maybe sanders don't have so you, you might have to stick with what you've got well so they're looking for a we're looking for a third dp and they just kind of said that they're just going to probably re- reorganize the salaries a little bit more we're not going to get the big excitement like how about uh, vela from lafc he'd be awesome to have up here but like that's i think they're going to reorganize and try and move some money around and we won't get a big splashy signing this year so we kind of have to be uh stoked for what we have and we have a great squad yeah I, i'm to be fair i'm inclined to agree with you i think on paper it's a it's a really nice squad uh, and i think you're correct in in identifying that that maybe it's just that playmaker, somebody to somebody to sit in behind um, Rui Diaz, uh, Morris. 
even someone to to kind of feed Ladero a little bit. I I just like to see somebody really sort of ramp it up in that final third for for Sounders. But um, uh, to be fair, I think there's there's a very very good squad, and I, I would be really surprised if, like you say, they don't make the playoffs. It, it, it'll be it'll have tremendous impact if they don't. They will, uh, you know, Brian Schmetzer is a legend in Seattle, and so it's hard to imagine him not being there. But I mean, I gotta think that in his own head, if they don't make the playoffs, that that's going to be a huge failing on his part for himself. So, uh, well, thanks for joining us, Gregor. Remember, if you want all your Seattle news, gossip, and forefront, make sure you're listening to the full ninety extra time podcast uh, that Gregor does. Thanks very much for joining us. You can get back to your show now. Tell us what you're playing on the radio right now. Uh, we're playing, by no surprise, in America, we're playing the Red Hot Chili Peppers, ah, Californication. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> well, I need to go because I need to uh, I need to play Ed Sheeran, Shape of You, for the 900th time. <laughs> we are in the same boat. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Good to speak to you, mate. Take care. The MLS UK Show. And I suppose, to be fair, if we're going to talk Seattle, we have to, we have to be, in, be in balance. Yeah. We've got to talk Portland. Uh, earlier this week, I caught up with Tommy, who is Talking Timbers on Twitter. He's actually from the UK. How are you, Tom? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. Now, first of all, what I want to know is, like, why, uh, for someone from the UK, like myself, why Portland Timbers? Um, it's a question I get quite a lot, to be fair. Um, and basically, it all started in about 2013, um, I was playing football for my local club um, and they were called uh, the Chesterton Eagles. And I basically was following uh, the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFL. And uh, then I thought, oh, I wonder if um, Philadelphia has a football team, a soccer team. So I looked them up on uh, Google and I saw, obviously, the Philadelphia Union. And then I saw, I think, the first game of the 2013-14 to 14 season, they were playing away at the Portland Timbers. And um, I had no clue who the Portland Timbers were at the time. Um, but... The moment that I heard that the PT FC down the tunnel uh, on TV, I thought this is an unbelievable atmosphere at Providence Park. And uh, the, basically, the game ended as a one-one draw, uh, with I think it was Gaston Fernandez getting a last-minute equaliser, <laughs> and the stadium erupted. And I fell in love ever since, basically. Yeah, I must admit. I mean, I'm I've uh, decided to uh, have uh, Atlanta as my team. I mean, it's going well so far. Uh, but <laughs> I must admit, and I've said this on the podcast before, I've got a real soft spot for Portland. And if it wasn't for Atlanta, I would probably follow Portland. Yeah, oh, that's good. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> I mean, there's there's a lot of people that do see just the club and the whole kind of ethos around the whole club and everything that they do, and all the supporters. It, it does seem to to be that some people have a real soft spot for the Timbers. Yeah, some people, not Seattle fans, though. <laughs> Certainly not, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, Tom, like last season, let's touch back on that. Obviously, me as an Atlanta fan, you know, the MLS Cup final was what it was. I, for a Portland fan, how difficult was it for Portland Timbers to go to uh, the Mercedes-Benz and, and everything that was going around it to try and get something? Yeah, I mean, I think the whole hype around the whole game and, you know, Atlanta, because they've they've got a real big following and um, not only from just the fans in the city, but kind of just famous following as well and all the backing that they've got. Um, I think we did, of course, go there as an underdog, um, but I felt we really did the city proud and um, and we gave it a good go at the end of the day. I I don't think at the start of the season, I mean, I, I can't remember what it was, but we certainly did not have the best start to the season. I think 
we were one of the first teams that had gone on the certain run that we did and still made the playoffs. Because um, I don't think we won in our first, I don't know, three or four games. And, and um, yeah, so from where we were at the start of the season to ultimately end up in the, the playoffs final um, under Savarese in his first season was quite remarkable. And, you know, we didn't really expect much going into it. And it was going to be kind of just hopeful. Could we get a result? Maybe get it through to extra time and possibly, who knows, run on penalties. But it wasn't meant to be. And, um, and yeah, they still did us proud. Um, so you mentioned there about the, the slow start last season. Do you think, uh, because it's I guess it's similar this season, do you think not being at home is going to affect the, the, the players? Um, yeah, for sure. Um, however, we've got a, a lot of the same squad from last season, so I, I see that as being quite a big benefit. Um, we've got that strong core of, uh, of a lot of MLS experience, so hopefully that's going to help us with the first few games. But I could kind of flip it on its head and say that the fact that we're going to finish the season with the majority of home games, um, I think, could be a big positive. You know, um, at the end of the day, it's not how it's not about how uh, good you start the season; it's about how well you end it. Um, and you know, that's kind of proof in the pudding when we won it in 2015. We we just finished the, the season so strong. So if we can replicate that, have a fairly decent start, and not go on a big losing streak or something, and end really well at Providence Park, you know, who knows? We could be in with a with an outside shout again. We've spoke to quite a few uh, fans of different teams, and there's a lot of because of all the change that's happened in um, in um, with MLS teams in the close season. There's a lot of teams out there with the same sort of ethos as as what you're hoping to do, and just you know, let's write off until June and then let's win the rest of our games and finish strongly. Yep. And it's going to be a very interesting league after June. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, I, this is the thing that I really love about the MLS is that it is so competitive. And with the whole way that the draft system and everything else works, um, I really do enjoy it, the fact that anyone can really win it. I mean, some people hate that, um, but I, I really enjoy it personally from a fan's point of view. And as a Portland fan, uh, you mentioned before that not really much has changed for the Timbers in the close season. I mean, it seems to work for Tottenham in the, the Premier League. Are you, um, are you happy with that, or would you like to have seen a few more signings? Um, I mean... It was a difficult one for Gio because at the end of the day, the team last year, they managed to, to get to the final with what we had. And uh, I do think it's a very strong, uh, not even just first 11, but quite good squad, squad depth, to be fair. Um, but we've, we've improved at the right back position. Recently, we signed a, a very well uh, established uh, right back. I think it was uh, Paraguayan. Um, and uh, yeah, so he's obviously replacing Alvis Powell, who we lost in the offseason. One place that I feel like we could be short of uh, is the striker position. I think we've got Ababise um, and Milano probably acting up top as well. Um, so that that could be a spot that could be pivotal uh, towards the start and the end of the season. But then again, you've got Valeri behind them. So he's going to have to hopefully pitch in again. So it'll be interesting to see, really. And, uh, I mean, you know, he is getting on, but how important is Valeri to uh, what the Timbers do this season? He's pivotal. Um, he really is. He is. He's the figurehead of the team, of the squad, um, and everything that we represent, you know, it, he battles in every single game and he can just, he's that spark of magic um, that every club needs. But uh, I also think his right-hand man, Sebastian Blanco, is another unbelievable player and someone that I think is uh, quite underrated, actually. Last season, I thought he played tremendously well. Uh, he gives all 110% every game, as does the likes of Diego Chara. And he can also have uh, that sort of game-winning impact. So, yeah, we've got two really good centre-attacking mids. It's just... Can we have a sort of feeder striker to go and uh, score goals like Fernando Adi used to? 
So, yeah, it's, it's going to be difficult but interesting. I tell you what, Tom, I mean, anyone who's listens to this podcast will know that Sebastian Blanco is not underrated on his podcast. He's one Love of my favourite players in MLS. In my MLS fantasy, he will be in all season. He's just, uh, yeah, he can really unlock doors and he he scores. I mean, we saw, we've seen, you know, the goals he can score just out of nothing. Fantastic player. I can't remember which one it was. It was in the playoffs last year. We just cut inside and absolutely bang run into the top corner. I can't remember who it was against, so it was unbelievable. Yeah, I think it was SKC, was it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. It was uh, unreal. So looking forward to this season then, what's your predictions? What do you where do you think Portland are gonna finish? Oof. Uh, <laughs> uh with the MLS it's so difficult. Um I don't know, I, I I do think that we could have a slow start. Um, to be honest, playing all those I mean, I think the first five games will do all right, but I think we'll start to tire because at the end of the day it's a lot of travelling up and down the country, all across it. Um it's gonna be difficult for sure. So I'm more looking forward to the back end of the season where we'll be, you know, at an expanded Providence Park. So hopefully we can can get results towards the end of the season. And like I mentioned earlier, just really finish strong and uh, make Providence Park even more of a fortress than it is already. And just at the end of the day, clip into the playoffs because if we can do that, then then who knows what can happen. If you want to follow Tom during the season, uh, you'll be talking Portland. You can go at TommyTalksYT on Twitter, of course. You're on uh, YouTube as well, aren't you, Tom? YouTube indeed, yeah. And, uh, uh, talking yeah, Talking Timbers on YouTube as well. Thanks for, for joining us, uh, Tom, and best of luck for the season. More than welcome. Thank you very much for having me. Elliot Holman, Henry Hewitt, MLS UK Show. Just a chat that with a Portland fan. I must admit, it took us all week to get a Portland fan. Our uh, designator phoner kind of uh, hasn't DM'd us back when we messaged him to come on. Uh, so if you're designated? Yeah. Get with the program. So, um, it, thanks for Tommy for coming on. Um, now we've got to round off Cascadia. We've talked Seattle, mm. Portland, Vancouver Whitecaps. Arguably, have had the most change in the, the closed season. So let's have a chat. Let's let's. Uh, I want to chat about obviously Carl Robinson leaving mm. up to the present present day, present moment, this moment right here. Uh, joining us on the podcast now from the That's So MLS podcast, uh, Nick is here. How are you doing, Nick? I'm doing fantastic. It's a little early here, but I'm doing good. Yeah, thank you so much for getting up so early. Just to <laughs> let people know, give it some context. It's 25 past two in the afternoon here in the UK. What time is it where you are? Uh, it is 6.24 a.m. Oh, right. Okay, well, we better crack on so you can... Uh, are you going to get to bed, after, go straight back to bed after this, or are you up now for the day? No, I'm up now for the day. I got my coffee, man. I'm, uh, this is good. This is good preseason training for me. <laughs> uh, now you know how we feel, by the way, because uh, whenever we're watching any MLS... We're having well, to truly, yeah. I was going to say, you guys have to do it far more often. Than <laughs> <laughs> um, right, so Nick, looking back at last season just for a moment, of course, lots of changes for the Whitecaps in the close season. One of the changes mm-hmm. that happened right at the end of last season, uh, Carl Robinson, it was, uh, you know, he left the club. Looking back on that now, the timing mm-hmm. of that, was that the right decision? I think it's pretty hard to argue that it wasn't. I mean, something desperately needed to change. It felt odd given that there were only a handful of games left. But given that it takes time to bring in a coach and bring in a good one, uh, I think the timing was right because I'm pretty sure, you know, early into the summer, they were probably starting to put their feelers out for other coaches. 
we were looking from the outside, obviously, quite literally being here in the UK, but um, <laughs> it seemed to us that because Vancouver are one of those sides where they've got an amazing stadium and they've got the potential, Alfonso Davis was obviously there as well, but it mm-hmm. just you could argue that you were on the cusp of the playoffs, so it's not too bad, but was you expecting more as a fan? Absolutely. Um, I mean, one of the great things about doing uh, an MLS show is that you get a little bit more perspective when you're watching a whole bunch of teams every week and not just your team that you support. Um, At the same time, I think expectations for everyone were much, much higher. And especially given that we had so many brilliant moments in the season um, with Alfonso Davies, with Kai Kamara, we finally got a, a proper striker that seemed like a, a tall striker as well, who could s- sort of be a solve to some of our problems. But there was just so many things that didn't seem to quite work. And the biggest one for us was defensively, just from midfield to back. We just collapsed so many times and were so easy to score against that, uh, I mean, I would I think it's fair to say that even by May, it kind of looked like even though there were times we could have these really electric performances we were just too easy to score against and the playoffs were always going to be a really hard target to hit and Carl Robinson didn't seem to have any new ideas really about what to do beyond just putting you know throwing on Breck Shea and hoping that something would happen which didn't work (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well that is something that the new manager definitely can't do he can't bring on Breck Shea anymore um so Mark Dos Santos, then, he's coming from LAFC. Uh, are you happy? Are you excited? What's your vibe at the moment? I think, like a lot of people, I'm cautiously optimistic. <laughs> As a Whitecaps fan in MLS era, um, I think most of us are kind of like, we've seen a new coach, we've seen a team revamp before. So this isn't our first rodeo. Um, however, I think there's no denying MDS's... Um, pedigree and his experience and already there seems to be a lot of positive one of the biggest ones is just that he seems to actually bring in the players that he wants and it always felt like under Carl Robinson we kind of just got whoever he had connections with but it seemed like there'd be rumors of a player coming but they'd inevitably go to another MLS club or another club in another league whereas with Mark Dos Santos it feels like there's a little bit more pull and attraction with his name to play the type of soccer that he wants to play. And so when he's going after these targets, um, like um, Huang, for example, that was a, a huge signing. Now it seems like there was some shady stuff that happened with agents in the background, but from the club side, that's a huge signing. And it just seems like that kind of thing was always just slightly out of grasp with Carl Robinson. So cautiously optimistic, but at this point, you know, our starting 11 that's going to be successful this year still has yet to play on the same pitch together. So I think that there's going to be some adjustment time for sure at the beginning of the season. Yeah, because, I mean, if you look at the signings that he's made, um, yeah, I I get that impression too, that he's been just, it's whoever he wants to bring in. Because, like, if you look at FC Cincinnati, for example, they're bringing in a lot of MLS experience. Like, you mean white caps too? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Mark Dos Santos has gone, like you said, he's gone to Korea, he's gone to Austria, he's gone to Portugal, but then also brought yeah. in the likes of Scott Sutter and PC for that MLS experience. What do you think the change is going to be? What sort of style is he going to bring to the white caps this year? Uh, well, the operative word that he seems to be using a lot is intensity. <laughs> and I think 
Look, for Whitecaps fans, as long as we get out of this just uh, sort of bunker and counter mentality where we just hope that somebody boots down, boots the ball down the field to someone tall and we try to score a goal, fans are just sick of seeing that style of play where we're defending for 75 minutes plus of a match and not doing a particularly good job of it at times. So... Everyone right now is looking forward to seeing this style of play, even in the preseason matches. I know there's a lot of diehard Whitecaps fans that have been watching the preseason matches, which have been, we've lost most of them. There hasn't been too many talking points. But the big thing is just the desire to win the ball back. The desire to actually hold up the ball and move up the field together as a team is something that we honestly really haven't seen for four or five years. Mm -hmm. And just that alone is, I think, cause for excitement of what could come so i think the style of play is going to be that we're going to be a much more possession-based team which i think ultimately is just going to make us much harder to play against in mls there's very few mls sides left that are truly just a counter-attacking team that don't at least have something else in their kind of bag of tricks um, i think the team the, sorry go ahead oh no i um, I was, all I was going to say is that the uh, the irony, of course, of this is that if you wanted to play counter-attacking football, the man that you've just let go, or the, the boy you've just let go to Bayern Munich would have been perfect for that. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Everybody kind of knew that one was coming, and the nice thing about that, it, I mean, of course it was bittersweet to see the kid go, but um, the there was very much reason for celebration about it, um, and everyone was happy for Alfonso Davies to do it. I don't think there's a system that the Whitecaps could play where he wouldn't fit in, um, but certainly a, a difficult player to replace. But an encouraging thing is Mark Dos Santos has said, like we kind of have to forget about Alfonso Davies and that we can't replace him. And we're not trying to. Like We're, we're trying to play a different system of football. We're going to bring in players that complement that system and make a team. And that's the thing that was missing last year. And we saw in the postseason press conference the team just imploded. There was no chemistry. There was sort of these little factions of players, but on field it showed that one or two, maybe three players could link up, but as a unit, there was just no cohesion. Um, so looking forward to next season then, first of all, uh, you, you described them as Whitecaps too. Are, are Cincinnati going to be our second team next season then? <laughs> it's a hard question to answer, but I mean, there's so many familiar faces at Whitecaps too, including our, our former USL side, Alan Koch is coaching them. Um, Pamuda Ka, who many people love here in Vancouver is another coach on their team. Um, yeah, admittedly, I'll probably be cheering for them a little bit, but as a, a big Eric Hurtado fan, I'll probably be silently cheering for Sporting Kansas City a little bit, which I know will vilify me to a ton of Whitecaps fans because they, absolutely slaughtered us last season <laughs> but it's really you know the players that have been with the club for a long time players like Kendall Waston um uh Kakuta Mane that had a good run here it's it's hard not to to want to see them succeed so I'll, I'll be watching FC Cincinnati a little closer than I might otherwise uh it's, it's good it's nice that you admit that we, we we want a bit of harmony uh, in MLS, yeah, um, yeah nothing, nothing but love for all the other teams <laughs> of course um right Looking forward to next season, then, just lastly, uh, what's your prediction, Nick? How are Vancouver going to do? Are you optimistic? Uh, are you... Uh, because we, a lot of people that we've had on, we've had uh, a Dallas fan on, um, mm -hmm. you know, who was saying that he thinks they're going to have a slow start. 
and then end strongly. By the sounds of it, we're going to have a load of teams at the bottom of the table who are then suddenly going to start winning come July. Did Vancouver fall in that bracket? <laughs> I mean, that probably would have been my original answer, yeah. I mean, there's just so many unknowns. Like, even with bringing Montero back, people are excited. But I was thinking about it, and I, and I was looking this morning, and like, there's one other white cap he played with left at the team. So he's not coming back and joining his old team. He's joining a completely different side. So we have no idea how that's going to pan out. Um, he's a proven goal scorer, so hopefully. Um, I would expect probably what's going to happen with us is we're going to be up and down. I don't think it's necessarily going to be a slow start, but I, I don't think things are going to be buzzing right out of the gate. I think we're going to win some games and look really good. And I think there's going to be lots of times where teams can exploit us just because the team chemistry, the starting 11 hasn't quite settled yet. So I would expect there's probably going to be some matches where we come in and just overwhelm teams because because we're new, they don't know how to play against us. And then other games where because we're new, they're going to exploit that and run riot over us. Uh, well best of luck uh, for the season Nick remember you can catch Nick with his buddy Andrew the That's So MLS podcast check it out thanks for joining us Nick cheers the MLS UK show it was good that I'm thinking about uh, leaving the podcast altogether you're right on your own oh thanks that's the first compliment you've ever given me well, I've never really wanted to think about you solo before. Um, <laughs> uh, there's something that you wanted to do on the podcast for quite a while, and I think we did it once. Yeah. You crazed me to do it for six months, and then we did it once, and uh, it, it, it never really happened again. A bit like uh, something that happened to me when I was about 15. But um, I'm on fire today. Have you, have you watched American Pie? That's what happened. <laughs> Um, yeah, we, there's a feature called uh, Why Do They? We did it season two, episode one, uh, which this week has become our most listened to podcast ever. So thank you very much. Mo well, Adams. Thank you to Mo Adams. Yeah, it's all down to Chicago Fire's Mo Adams. So listen back to that. Um, so let's do Why Do They? But it's a Cascadia special version. Because okay. the reason we do this is because uh, here in the UK, obviously MLS is a growing league. There's lots of things that happen in MLS that we don't even understand ourselves so the questions we get asked the first one we did a few weeks ago was why did we call it the hell is real derby mm-hmm. uh, and we explained that in the season two episode one so now just a mere three episodes later hey henry i've got a question for you yeah why do they call it the cascadia cup great question elliot well Cas- can you can you tell me the answer please henry <laughs> well cascadia is an area um of america and canada which the three biggest cities are seattle Portland and Vancouver. Wow. So the three supporters groups of those uh, teams started the Cascadia Cup, which is given to the team that has the best overall record out of, in the matches between those three teams. Do you remember who won it last year, Elliot? Portland. No, it was Seattle. Portland oh. finished bottom, actually. Uh, Seattle got nine points. <laughs> Get to MLS Cup final, <laughs> finish bottom of Cascadia <laughs> Cup. You only had to beat two teams. Uh, Seattle got uh, uh, nine points out of four games, won three, obviously. Uh, Vancouver was second with six points. Portland were bottom with three. Uh, although there was controversy with this, in 2012, when MLS tried to file a trademark claim against the uh, for the rights of the Cascadia Cup, of course, the fans were not happy about this. The supporters groups in uh, one of the first times they've ever done this actually teamed up with each other, um, and it all uh, the uh, basically the council allowed them to keep the trademark, um, but there would be no monetization to come from it. So uh, 
without the agreement of all parties. So it was all settled. The Cascadia Cup remains, uh, which is in the hands of Seattle Sounders right now. Wow. Thanks for that, Henry. Not a problem. If I had any other questions for you, where where would I send them to? Uh, you can send them to henry at mls.show. That's an email address, in case you didn't know. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. Uh, you can tweet us at, at mlsukshow, or you can tweet me personally, henry underscore underscore Hewitt. Don't forget that second underscore, or else you'll send it to someone who will probably look and go, what's this about MLS? I don't know MLS. Neither do you. Um, so, what's next? <sighs> The reason I ask is, yeah, it's just looking down here on my sheet. We've uh, we've scrapped five things this week because there's been five teams playing in the uh, Concacaf Champions League. Ah, so, how did that go, Henry? Yeah, well, um, do you want to do a countdown? We'll do a countdown of uh, each team because if you're a fan of three of the teams that played, you've had a good week. Hmm. Like me, if you're a fan of the other two, you 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 you're wishing it would end. <laughs> I don't know what to end. Could be anything. Let's start with uh, let's start with Houston Dynamo. One. Uh, Houston Dynamo had a very good victory. Uh, they won 1-0. And they find themselves in a very good position, Houston. It's kind of like the... Uh, how can I put it? The, the, the under underrated side, I feel, of the... Because mm. you've got... Um, we'll find out when I name the teams, but you know anyway, because you're all of MLS. Uh, but Houston were kind of forgotten about, but they went and won 1-0 against... Uh, now... Go you, on, say You've it. done this because you know I struggle to pronounce some say things. Uh, we're going to pronounce this one. In your best Manchester accent. Gaustatoya. Yes, not that. Oh, what is it? CD Gaustatoya. Go on. Uh, Demarcus Beasley scored with 10 at like... What a goal. Six minutes to go. It was a great goal when it came from a corner, came out, volley, bottom corner, and this puts him in a great position now going into the second leg. Do you know where... Uh... <laughs> Gustatoya from? <laughs> what was the name again, sorry? CD <laughs> Gustatoya. Stop it, you're embarrassing yourself now. Let's let's move on. Do you know where they're from? No. Great. Because <laughs> I'm gonna print it's gonna be a struggle to pronounce. Guatemahal <laughs> <laughs> Uh, welcome to the MLS UK show. Uh, in case you didn't know, we are genuinely uh, authentic UK citizens. Quatamelahalala. <laughs> uh, right, moving uh, swiftly on uh, to number four. Oh, that's good. Was it? No. Two. <laughs> I can't say anything and you can't count. Brilliant. <laughs> Uh, number two, let's go. Uh, let's continue on the positive vibes. Uh, New York Red Bulls, of course, uh, got to the semi-finals last year of the Concacaf Champions League. Uh, well, they are going the right way about doing it again. They beat. <laughs> <laughs> go on, Atletico Pantoya. Okay, uh, that's that sounds right to me. Atletico Donny Toya. <laughs> um, they won two 0 BWP uh, got one of the goals. Uh, Raya got the other goal. Great goal from uh, Raya, mm. by the way. Um, they dominated this. To be honest, Red Bulls. I've, I've not watched it because it was on very early in the morning here in the UK. But of the highlights, it was a convincing win. They should go back to the Red Bulls Arena, finish the job, and go to the next round. Okay, three. Um, SKC. <laughs> Just delaying talking about Atlanta <laughs> even more. SKC probably find themselves in the best position. Yeah. Uh, 3-0 win against uh, Toulouse. Toluca? Toluca. 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 Um, 3-0. Nema, Fernandez and Sanchez with the goals. I uh, watched a bit of this game. They just For me, they just controlled it. 
most of the game. You didn't really, uh, to the crew, had a, you know, they had the odd chance, but they didn't really have enough to worry SKC. They'll go to the second leg. I don't have any issues. I think SKC will go. They could well go and win the game and really make it convincing and go through. Okay. Four. Four. Toronto FC. <laughs> There's a reason that, it, that Toronto are number four. Yes, Toronto lost 4-0. Uh, this is not good at all. Uh, Independiente. <laughs> this is the most <laughs> easiest one, I can't even say it. Independiente uh, from Panama. Uh, 4-0. Somebody put on Twitter, actually, they said, uh, sorry, but MLS teams should not be going to Panama and losing 4-0. Fair point, fair um, comment. Also, what is that penalty? Yeah, no. I saw that land on the M6 yesterday. <laughs> Here in the UK. Yeah. It tra- it's gone across the... Uh, Just outside Sandbatch Services. Yeah, it's gone Google across. Google it. <laughs> Google it. There's it's nothing there. It's just basically a petrol station <laughs> on the motorway. Um, yeah, so Toronto fans really unhappy. We spoke to Austin, who was a Toronto fan in... I say was a Toronto fan. What surprised <laughs> me if he changed allegiances after that result. Uh, in episode two of season two. Yeah. And um, he... He was kind of hoping for a run in Champions League, um, and uh, yeah, that might probably won't be happening. <laughs> next, <laughs> they're back at home for the next leg. Is there another team? Uh, unfortunately, yes. Five. Atlanta United. <laughs> uh, we're away. Yeah. How'd you get on? Uh, they lost three-one. All right. Uh, do you know why we shouldn't have bought Nanny? Because we should have spent all our money on uh, squad depth so that we can play in the Champions League. That's what I was told. Here are here, Diano. Is that how you pronounce this team? People in the States and Canada will be laughing at this. But if we showed them teams in the Champions League qualifying stage, uh, you know, when it's like Slovakia and Hungary mm. and stuff, you won't be able to pronounce Barte it. Barte Borisov. Yeah, try pronouncing that team Arsenal beat this week. Um, the only highlight, really, was Julian Gressel uh, scoring for Atlanta. Actually, no. I pit- disagree. I think there was a few other highlights. No, no they weren't. Uh, Pity Martinez had his first competitive game for the club, and he actually played quite well. Mm. Um, uh, by all accounts, Barco had a bit of a nightmare. Of, was, no, never. Yeah, he was being a bit selfish. Never. With some of his play, he wasn't passing uh, when other players were in better positions. Atlanta will... Ho- well, they're going to have to hope, but also they need to um, get a bag full of goals back in the home leg. Although they have got the away goals, so you know, a 2 0 will do. Which, come on, with Atlanta's players at home as well, I can't imagine that Herediano are playing in stadiums like Atlanta have got. So it might overawe them a bit. So, and, and, and by the way, genu- like we want to see as many MLS teams like progressing as possible. So as much as I joke, like. Let's let's go for it at, at MB Stadium. Yeah, uh, good luck, Toronto. You're gonna you're gonna well, need yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, they're, I mean, they're dead in the water. Uh, but for the other four, we really hope that they progress because uh, it's. I mean, it's to be fair, it's a joke that an MLS team has never won this competition, so it needs to happen this season. And I think they've got an a, amazing chance to do it. Okay, there's your Champions League roundup. Five things. We'll bring it back next week, especially if Atlanta don't go through. <laughs> So uh, the game with the changing name, uh, we give you the career path of an MLS player and uh, past or present, and you have to tell us who it was. Started their career at Wimbledon, 58 appearances in 2002. Uh, They also played for Bolton Wanderers, Ipswich Town, and Montreal Impact and Vancouver Whitecaps. Ooh. And who was it? I'll sing the champ Bolton you sing. Do-do-do-do. Nigel Rio Coca. Yeah. Yeah. Class. Nigel Rio Coca, congratulations if you got that.
And speaking of a Champions League, Nigel Rio Coca actually played in a uh, final for Montreal when he got beat by Club America. Mm. So uh, his MLS career was more illustrious than his uh, career at Bolton when we got relegated! <laughs> Again. You, you're right, babe. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, I'm just getting flashbacks ahead of this next season. Um, quick shout out before we go for uh, Michael Hadley, who sent me an email to hello at mls.show. You can do the same. Yes. Uh, I, I love reading people's emails, genuinely, because it makes me really happy. He sent us a really nice message, um, basically just saying that he's a he's a big fan of the podcast. He's he's recently found it. He's a diehard Seattle Sounders fan. Um, and he actually went to uni in the town where I currently live, which is, uh, which is crazy. Uh, so hi to Michael. He says, I absolutely love the podcast so far. So far. I can't wait to follow along in 2019 and beyond. Keep up the great work. Uh, and he says, if you need any, uh, any Americans to complain or talk MLS, then I would love to come and join in. Michael, you're hired. Hmm. Yeah. Um, if you if you ever want to send us anything, then uh, then go for it. You can tweet us at MLS UK Show uh, or drop us an email hello at MLS dot show. Yeah, I know we've said this before, but actually we're just two two lads from England that like MLS and wanted to chat about it. And uh, any messages you send us which are positive, uh, send us negative ones as well as you want. But <laughs> um, but uh, any messages that we get mean a lot. So thank you very much. Yes, thank you very much. And um, thanks once again for listening. And we'll catch you next week for the start of the MLS 2019 season. Can't wait. Bring it on. See ya. Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.